Amen. So, uh, uh, husbands and wives, sometimes they, they, they fight. Um, I, I hear. I hear that sometimes they fight. So there was a, uh, a couple that they were upset with each other and, and giving each other the silent treatment. You know, I, I'm not talking to her and, and, uh, and, and she isn't talking to me and I'm not going to be the first one to break. And so uh, they were in this silent treatment. And then the husband, he realized, oh, I need her help. Tomorrow morning, I need to get up at five to go and catch a flight. And uh, I kind of, I, 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 I don't wake up very well. And I normally rely on her, but I, I can't ask her for help. I got it. I'll write her a note. And then I won't be the first one to break. And so he wrote down, uh, Hun, I need you to wake me up at five. I have an important flight. And so he set the note over on her side of the bed and went to sleep. The next morning when he woke up at nine, he was pretty upset that she had not done what he had asked her uh, until he looked over and saw a note. He picked it up and read, hey, hon, it's five, wake up. <laughs> um, so I, I did uh, kind of talk about the men a little while ago. I, I, I'm going to talk uh, to the ladies tonight and, and something that uh, I've been studying and, and working on and chewing on for a while. Uh, and um, th- this will be uh, two parts. Uh, and the idea is, is women are powerful uh, to harm or to help depending on how they use their powerful influence. Women are very powerful. Very, very powerful. They can, do, they can bring great harm or they can uh, bring great help to a situation. Uh, so again, this week, we're going to look at uh, their power to harm. And I want to warn you ladies, uh, God built powerful abilities into you. You are, um, when God made you into a helper, um, he gave you special abilities in that area. And uh, you can bring great harm if the devil can get a hold of those abilities and turn them in the wrong direction. You can bring great harm. So the goal is to make sure that God has a hold of your abilities and that the devil does not. Um, The Bible, of course, does say that the woman is the weaker Vessel, um, but make no mistake, uh, the, the you ladies are very powerful with the influence that you exert. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, in, in Genesis two twenty through twenty two, Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. Or a help suitable for his needs. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. 
So God gave women powerful abilities to complete their husband. Uh, sometimes when I, when I, if I'm doing a job, I only have two hands and I need a flashlight. You know, now you got the, fan, the fancy uh, lights you can put on your head, but you call one of your kids, hey son, come over here, hold the light for dad while I do this work. And you do, oh, dad's a little helper. Dad's a little, and of course mine aren't, aren't as little, they, they don't go for that anymore. Dad's a little, dad, I'm you know, 17. It's like, okay. Um, but, but our wives... God didn't just give ladies to us to be the flashlight holders in our lives. They're far, far, far more important in our lives. Um, God made ladies to be a help and instilled in them powerful abilities to help. And as much as they can add to a home, they can uh, bring devastation to a home if those abilities are turned in the wrong direction. Uh, so men, it would behoove us to, to respect the power that women have and it would behoove you women to recognize the power that you have and make sure it's surrendered to God. Boy, I think of uh, three of, of the most notable men in the Bible. Uh, David, you know, the man after God's own heart, uh, got into trouble with a woman. Samson, the strongest man, got in trouble with a woman. Solomon, his heart was turned away after many strange women that he loved. You say, temptation, well, I needn't worry. Well, okay, are are you stronger than Samson? Godlier than David or wiser than Solomon? If not, uh, if you don't think you need God's help to have the right relationship with uh, the ladies down here, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, women are very powerful to help or to harm. And so I want to, tonight I want to just warn about some of the ways the devil gets women to use that power in the wrong way. And then later on, how God, how God can use the power that he built into ladies to do wonderful, wonderful things in a home, in a church. But let's pray as we look at these things. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. We, we pray that you bless uh, these thoughts. I want to be a help. Lord, and our our ladies are precious. They're a precious treasure that we have in this church. They are so precious, and we thank you for the ladies we have in this church. I pray tonight that you'd allow me to warn the ladies of how the devil uh, sneaks in unbeknownst to them often and turns their abilities from being helpful to being harmful and I pray, Lord, you'd, you would allow our ladies to, to, to see how the devil tries to get in and to be, be more careful to make sure uh, their abilities are surrendered to you, Lord, so that more of them might see in a better way how they can use the power that you've built into them for good things. I pray that you bless this sermon tonight. Uh, be with the young people in the other building. Help them, Lord. I pray that your, your, your word would be precious to them. And also, Lord, that uh, they would just enjoy themselves, be with the workers, give them wisdom. But, but meet with us here tonight. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So I'm going to give you three points. Uh, the, the roots of manipulation. Um, the, uh, uh, as, as pertaining to how the devil turns the power of ladies. Uh, and then I'm going to give you the, the recognition of manipulation, 
when, her, when, when the woman's power is being misused and then uh, the last thing, uh, some results of the manipulation. So the roots of manipulation as far as when the devil gets a hold of these God-given abilities that ladies have, awful things can happen. So let's look at this. And Are, are you nervous? It's like, where is this going? Um, so a little bit of the roots of manipulation. Uh, there in Genesis 1 verses, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 2. I have the wrong. Genesis 2, uh, 1 through 7. Uh, we'll read those real fast. Genesis 2, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We, and so she's, uh, you know, he, he said, Ye, that's plural. And so he's, saying, he's, he's addressing her for the home. Ye, both of you. He's not, he's not just talking to her. He's saying, uh, now what's my understanding with, with the home? Ye, plural. And then she starts speaking for the home. We. And that kind of gives me an idea that this subtlety that the devil has, he wants to go to the, the wife and get her to make decisions for the home. He goes directly to her. Um, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said, we may eat of the, tree, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, ye... Uh, shall not eat of it. So she's speaking ye. That's plural. Um, ye shall not eat of it. So God, he says both of us. God indicated to the both of us that we should not eat of it. And she's mistaken here. Neither shall ye touch it lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye, again speaking to both of them, shall not surely die. Uh, uh, for God doth know that in the day ye, plural, doth eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as God's. So she's thinking, wow, I'm beginning to see the, the, the path forward for our home. Boy, the devil has explained it to me. I'm catching a vision for the direction our home needs to take. I'm catching a vision for the path forward that our home needs to take. The devil's trying to get her abilities to go into manipulating the direction of the home instead of getting behind her husband and helping him enact the vision he has for the home that God has given him. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so the devil wants her to catch a vision, and then voila, she does. Verse 6, And when the woman saw, she saw, that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Nothing wrong with that tree. And a tree desired to make one wise. Uh, see, boy, my, my home could use some wisdom. My home? My home? Desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her well, I don't know. It seems like he's not too far away. And gave also to her husband with her. And he did eat. So men, can I just address you for just a moment? The devil's awful. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 
your adversary. Now, if I, if I, if for some reason, you know, the Indianapolis Zoo has a, has a, has a man-eating tiger or a lion, and I find out that that, that lion is loose in Indiana, um, I'm not going to be, I'm going to think about it, but I'm not going to be too nervous as I walk from here to my car because there's a whole lot of Indiana. Uh, I was like, there's a good chance he's eating somebody else right now. Um, but if I find out that that lion somehow has caught, a, has caught my scent and has been tracking me personally, I'm going to be careful. The Bible here says the devil has your scent. He's your adversary, not just an adversary. Well, there's a whole lot of people out there he could be destroying. No, he has your scent. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And who was the first human being that the devil went after? The first wife. Man, you you need to be on guard. The devil's after your wife. He wants to give her a vision for the direction of your home. A conflicting vision to the one that God has given you. And he wants you to be at odds. Try two people with two different visions, and it will rip a home apart. We see what it did to this first home. The woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, desired to make one wise, took of the fruit, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, the Bible says Adam was not deceived, but that Eve was. She was manipulated by the devil, she was tricked. 1 Timothy 2.14 tells us that. She was convinced that she knew what was best for her and for her home. She probably thought, boy, our home could use some wisdom. This would be good for the home. And in helpful disobedience, she acted. See, the woman was designed to be a helper, and she's powerful. But when she gets the wrong vision, she can think she's helping but bringing devastation to a home. We see how the devil understood this at the very, in the very first home. And the Bible warns us not to be ignorant of his devices. It worked back then, and she didn't even have a sin nature. How much more susceptible are our ladies? Men, be on guard. Ladies, please listen. Don't turn over your powerful abilities to the devil, to try to work out a a different vision than the one God has given him for your home. (sighs) Manipulation breeds manipulation. The devil got her convinced that she was the only one that saw things clearly, and he was able to turn her powers of influence against her God when she decided he couldn't be trusted and against her husband to head the home. I think churches all across the world have women in them that want good things for the home but are acting from a place of distrust. And the fruit of that influence is manifesting itself in distrust, disobedience, and destruction. The roles that God set up, there's a reason he set them up. Women... uh, 
can be tempted. There's a susceptibility in women to want to use their powers to control men instead of complete them. You, hear, you, you get that? The devil wants women to use their powers to control men instead of complete them. And the wife might, boy, you don't understand. I, I can just see what's best and I need to control him um, because he just doesn't see things the way I do. I just think of manipulation, right? M-A-N, man. Manipulation. And you ladies do have a lot of power. We'll see that with these different ladies we'll look at in the scripture. Boy, sometimes... Uh, I'll hear a husband say, well, well, my wife has been saying years, for years that, you know, she's unhappy with this, and she's saying for years that, and often it, 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 it frightens me because it doesn't sound like she's behind what God is showing you to do. It seems like she has something else that she would love to see in the home, and she, what does the Bible say? Well, we'll get to it. Um... Ladies, some of, some of the wives feel they're the only ones in the home who see clearly. And they have to use their God-given abilities of influence and power to help their husbands to see where the home should be headed instead of trusting him to lead and getting behind him. I believe that some of the problems in our homes, some of the problems just might be a lady who's absolutely convinced that she knows what's best for the home and she just has to get her husband to see it. She's working her own vision, not the one that God has given her husband. She's using her powers from a place of distrust and the result is manipulation, trying to control him rather than complete him. You ladies are precious. You really are. You're a treasure in this church. Help your husband as he follows God. Don't get him, don't, don't use your help to help him see how you know best. And you're just patiently waiting for him to come around and see things the way you do. The devil put the wrong vision in the first woman. And he's been trying to do it ever since. Tonight's a, a warning about the devil's wiles. That 2 Corinthians 2.11 that says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Some ladies think, I will be the leader that I just can't trust my husband to be. Someone has to make sure this home goes the right direction, and he just doesn't see the importance the way I do. Ladies, will you just trust God? Get behind your husband. He needs you to help him to do what, he, what God wants. Not for you to manipulate him into fulfilling your vision for the home. The roots of manipulation. The recognition of manipulation. Um, so there are some examples of, of women in the Bible using uh, their powers of influence from a place of distrust. Some of them honestly trying to help out God. It seems like a good thing. Helping God? I'm a helper. God built me to be a helper. I'm going to help God. And sometimes in the Bible, the ladies helping God brought about disastrous results. 
Uh, we'll see uh, sometimes trying to help out God, other times just from mere uh, utter selfishness. Uh, three examples, we see Delilah and her power over Samson, Sarah and her power over Abraham, uh, and Rebecca and the power she exerted on Isaac. And then even her power downward, upward on her husband and downward on her own son. Uh, using her powers of influence uh, to get their son to deceive his own father. And ladies, can I just tell you, be, be careful with, don't manipulate your sons. Don't manipulate. Don't be the father you don't trust their, his, his dad to be. Uh, be a godly mom getting behind that young man's dad. Don't try to step into the father role. Uh, men don't respond well to manipulation. Mom, you could be ruining your relationship with your son if you don't use your powers properly. And we see an example of that with Rebecca. So let's jump into some of these examples. Delilah, Judges 16, verses 4 through 21. <laughs> That's a lengthy passage. I'm going to read it all. Uh, Judges 16, 4 through 21. So we see some examples uh, under the recognition of manipulation, and then we'll see some expressions, what manipulation might look like in our homes. So some examples, Delilah. So Judges 16, 4 through 21. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, entice him. So what are they saying? Uh, this strongest man that we can't deal with, we think that you can. This powerful, we can throw armies at this man. And our armies get destroyed. But somehow we feel that you have a chance of taking him down. And they were right. Entice him and see where his great strength lieth. And by what means we may prevail against him. We want to harm your husband. And she's like, okay. Uh, that we may bind and afflict him. So not in every case is the woman, oh yeah, okay, harm my home. Sometimes they're, they're, they're going about helping the home the wrong way, but here she was, she was coming from a place of selfishness. And we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. So each one of them handing over 1,100 pieces of silver. And she's like, whoo jackpot. And Delilah said, so she gets right to work, she said to Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. What a strange question. How can you be tied up so you can be hurt? And Samson said, he's going right along with it. Samson said, if they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then I shall be, as weak, or I shall be weak and be as another man. You know, then and only then. Would I be like a mere mortal? You know, I shall be as other men. You know, it's like, then I shall be weak, like that guy. You know. <laughs> um, then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green withs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. Men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. Can you see those men? Can you just imagine? They're around the corner. Uh, so these guys, it's like, so what's the plan again? 
Well, they're, they're, they're going to tie up Samson and there's a decent chance that he'll be weak and he won't rip us to pieces like he did those last thousand men. Because there's not a thousand of us standing right here. So this better work or we're, he's going to break us in half like toothpicks. So they're like, there's men lying in wait and uh, can you just, <laughs> and so um, the Philistines be upon thee like, wait, wait. <laughs> And he's, and somehow he discovers uh, he's not weak at all. Those guys are like, abort. (laughs) Live to fight another day. Uh, Verse 9, and she said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the withs as as a thread of toe is broken when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. Um, and Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me. And again, here's the strongest man ever to live. Um, and a woman using her powers of influence to break him down. Ladies, if you find as a challenge to break your husbands down, again, congrats, it, it's, it's, it's not as hard as you might think. Ladies, don't, don't make it a game to break your husband down so he'll see it your way. Sometimes you, you, you get what you want and realize it was never what you wanted after all. Thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto there, and he's playing games. And again, he's, he's saying, I told you how I could be bound, and then I woke up that way. What, are you, what game are you playing, hon? But he's still playing here. He said to them, if they bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied, then I shall be weak. And as another man, I'll be weak like that guy. Say, hey. I'll be like another average man. Delilah therefore took new ropes, bound him therewith, and said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson, that were liars in wait, abiding in the chamber. And I imagine these guys were even more cautious. They're like, it did not work last time. I imagine they're not more bold. It's like, ha! <laughs> oh, and then it's like, Phew. they're like, we're waiting even longer this time. It didn't work last time. And break, he broke them off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with a pin. And, he said unto, and she said unto him, um, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. And she said, How canst thou say I love thee? You don't love me. And, and of course, Samson doesn't bring up your love for me is in question right now. How canst thou say I love thee and thine heart, is, uh, thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy, thy, thy great strength lieth. It came to pass she pressed him daily, day after day after day, she wore him down. And ladies, you don't know. My husband isn't what he used to be. It could be that you're wearing him down. She pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. He could kill a thousand men and she had him to the point of death that he told her all his heart. 
and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall be weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, Oh man, this guy trusts me. He has shared his heart with me. He has opened up to me. Will I use that information to help him or to hurt him? She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought money in their hand, and she made him to sleep on her knees. How cold-hearted can she be? She didn't even say, she didn't, you know, I'll, I'll take care of this and then I'll go. She's right there at the scene. She called for a man, caused him to shave off the seven locks of her head, and she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him, and she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Metaphorically, there are, there are wives that have done that to their husbands. Sarah is another woman, uh, a, a good wife many times, but there was a, a really awful time. There in Genesis chapter 16, a Sarai, Genesis 16 verses 1 through 5. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened. To the voice of Sarai. Now there's nothing wrong with when your wife has a good idea, listening. That's very wise to do. Right, men? Amen. Um, In this instance, Sarai is helping out God. This was a time that, that he should have been a little more like Job. When Job's wife said, go ahead and curse God and die. And he said, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. Here, he hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And oh, but she wanted it so bad. She, had, she knew what needed to happen in the home. She just knew that I just, I see so clearly what needs to happen. And if I can just convince my husband, and she did. And in the end, it wasn't what she wanted after all. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. Boy, she says, the Lord hath restrained me. You know, I, I see what God is doing. And then she says, I pray thee, so, so humble. And again, she thinks she's helping. She, God, God isn't quite bringing about things the way she thought it needed to happen. I'm going to help God out and my husband. Go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Oh, she sees so clearly. Abram hearkened to the voice of his wife. She won him over to her viewpoint. Ladies, it's possible to win him over to your viewpoint, but it might be the worst thing that could possibly happen. 
if you're using your powers from a place of distrust. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar and gave her to, gave her, to her husband, Abram. She conceived Hagar. Sarai's idea paid off, but it didn't go so well. Boy, sometimes we just, I just know. I just know this. I just know. But, boy, just because you're sincere, you can't be sincerely wrong, right? Men, men included. Men included. Uh, Frank went hunting with his wife. So he, Frank brought his wife to this clearing and said, okay, hon, you look out at this clearing and look for a deer and there's a good chance one will happen by shoot it just like we practiced. I'm going to be um, over in that other clearing. I'll be looking for a deer as well. If you need me, you know, if you shoot, I'll come running. So he goes over to the other clearing. After a while, pow, pow. I think she got something. So Frank runs back to where his wife was. And as he's going there thinking, oh, success, this is wonderful. He's kind of startled to hear her yelling at somebody. She's saying, no, that's my deer. That's not your deer. That's my deer. And you can't have it. Get away. You are not going to take That's my deer. Frank steps into the opening, sees this trembling man with his hands over his head. And she says, that's my deer. You're not taking my deer. And the man says, yes, ma'am. This is your deer. And uh, you can have it, but if you'll just give me two quick minutes to get my saddle off of it. (laughs) I will be on my way. (laughs) She just knew. She just knew. And I'm not making, my wife is smarter than me in a whole bunch of areas. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you ladies aren't, you ladies are, again, wonderful. <laughs> Our last example is going to be Rebecca. Genesis 27. It came to pass when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim, so he could not see. He called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the days of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it back to me that I may eat, and that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it, and Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, uh, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. There's nothing wrong with a mother saying, Son, obey my voice. But she's trying to control him in an effort to subvert his father. So here she's going to manipulate. 
Remember those words, obey my voice. According to that which I command thee, no, now go to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. Isn't it sad that she knew what her husband loved? And instead of using that to please him, she's going to use it to deceive him. Thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My, brother, my father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. He shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. She's really committed to this thing. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. We're going to deceive him. I'll take the curse. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest uh, son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hands of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I, I, I am Esau. Thy firstborn, I have done according as thou badest me, uh, badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord, thy God, brought it to me. Boy, how sad. Instead of Learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Instead, we have learning to lie. Learning to lie. I'm learning to lie from mother. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, um, oh, uh, so he conceives in verse 34, sorry, we jump ahead to verse 34. So, so the, the birthright goes to Jacob and then uh, Esau comes back. Esau finds out that he's been deceived. Uh, Esau heard the words of his father. He cried with a great exceeding bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me thou, oh my father. And he said, thy brother came with subtlety and I've taken away thy blessing. He said, is he not rightly named Jacob for he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Verse 41 and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his, in his heart, the days of the morning for my father are at hand. And then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her eldest son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, here are those words again. Obey my voice. Listen to your mother. We're going to deceive your dad. She was going to use her powers of influence to manipulate. And because of that, at the end here, she says, obey my voice. Run for your life. And as far as we tell in Scripture, she never saw him again. I saw so clearly what needed to happen. Run! 
run. She decided she would help out God. She decided she, she would be the father to her son that she didn't trust Jacob's dad to be. She wouldn't trust God to bring about and ex- execute his will. She decided for the good of the home that she would usurp her husband's authority and deceive him and use their son to do it. Some expressions. What does manipulation look like? Well, sometimes, ladies, uh, you might have that place of distrust against God. That was the first thing, right, with, with, with uh, Eve? Do you try that on God? You don't love me. You aren't good. Do you attempt to out-reason God? You must see it my way. There's no, you must. Why, oh, why won't you just see it my way? What about in your attitude? All I've ever done is served you. And now what do I have to show for it? You've let me down. Boy, it can manifest itself toward a husband or a father, pastor, whoever God has in authority, but husbands. We talked about the silent treatment. And we, the, the, you unmarried couples, there's a reason why the, couple, the married couples laughed at that a little more heartily than you. <laughs> Nagging. Ladies, you can wear him down. Is that your goal? To control him or complete him? That verse in Proverbs 27, 15, right? The continual dripping on a rainy day. A contentious woman are alike. Guilt trip. You don't love me. You never, you always, whining. Judges 4.16, the Bible says she pressed him daily, sneaking around. Well, I, I can see what's best for this home. So I'll just go ahead and, after all, it's his fault. He doesn't see clearly like I do. Complaining about him. Proverbs 31 and 31.12 The Proverbs 31 woman, it says, she will do him good, not evil, all the days of her life. Rebellion. We close with the results of manipulation. These ladies, Eve, Delilah, Sarai, Rebecca, what happened when they used their powers to control Instead of to complete. Boy, Eve, humanity plunged into sin. Adam allowed himself to follow her lead. Delilah, Samson was blinded, tortured, strongest man destroyed. And again, that's how powerful a woman's influence can be. Armies couldn't stop him, but Delilah did. Men, that's another good reason to make sure you wait and get that right girl. You get that wrong girl. You're in for a world of hurt. Make sure you wait on God. Sarai, 
Ishmael was born. He fathered the Arabic peoples, and there's still bloodshed to this very day. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, people are still dying as a result of this conversation. Twin towers came down. How many lives were lost or or changed forever? Rebecca lost her sons. Never saw Jacob again, as far as we can tell in the Bible. She was just trying to help. But what did she bring into the home? Murderous hatred. Murderous hatred she brought into the home. And uh, when you manipulate moms, there's little eyes watching you. There's little, little eyes. Jacob learned to be a supplanter somewhere. I know he's a little sinner. I know he's a little sinner. Genesis 25, I mean, his brother comes and is needing some soup. And he, he, has, he can't just give his brother some soup. Has to connive. Has to connive. Where did he get the idea that I'm always working an angle? And then you, you empty nesters. You empty nesters. Ah, oh, I'm looking, you know, I, I, I love having my kids in my home. But someday, just me and my wife, ooh. What was it like for Rebecca for the rest of her life? The boys are grown and gone. It's just me and Isaac. Yay. Just the two of us. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Now, okay, there's the other side too. We'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, ladies, when, you, when your power, your God-given powers of influence are used for God's honor and glory, oh, there are wonderful things that can happen. We just can't talk about them tonight. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we, we pray, Lord, that, again, uh, that the devil can he, can, he can get into somebody's mind and affect what they see. And they, and they don't even know that it's the devil. And, 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 and boy, they, they think they're helping in it. In it. And they think, if, if only this could happen. If only, if only everyone could see it my way. If only. And then in the end, the home is hurting. I pray, Lord, that tonight our, our ladies, our dear ladies, they would say, oh God, am I completing my husband or am I trying to control him? Am I raising my sons for God's honor, uh, uh, working out the vision their father has for this home, or am I trying to be the father I don't trust him to be? Am I stepping out of my lane? Am I fulfilling my role? 
or am I manipulating? Lord, I pray that, again, you do a work in our church. I, I thank you for our ladies and so many of them, so many of them bring a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful completion to their homes. But Lord, I pray that in some way this warning would have been a help. Even to the ladies who have that right relationship, that they'd be warned that the devil is coming. And maybe some others that need to make some things right in this area. Be with our church, oh God. I do ask these things in Christ's precious name.